0: This is BMI Redefined with Jen and Mo. All right. Hey, everybody, welcome back to BMI Redefined with Jen and Mo. Yay! Yay. It is a beautiful day in St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. So, what are we going to talk about today?
1: Well, I happen to have just heard an amazing quote.
0: Mm -hmm. And what is it?
1: Ralph Waldo Emerson said, The hardest thing to do is to be yourself in a world which is constantly trying to change you. Hmm.
0: That is very true.
1: It is true. It is. There's always people trying to change you, judge you, all that. Trying to tell you how you should do you. Right. And who knows better how to do you than than you? you.
0: (laughs) I know. Exactly.
1: Really? Seriously?
0: (laughs) Right. So... So so poo-poo on those people.
1: (laughs) So anyway... (laughs) So what we were talking about the other day, though, was Mm -hmm. diving into a discussion about hidden superpowers. Right. Woo!
0: And... We got this idea because we were looking at a magazine called Psychology Today. Yes. And there are some things in there that we didn't really agree with, Mm -hmm. but there were many things we did agree with. Right. And we'll be touching upon both of those. Yeah. There are 10 hidden superpowers Mm -hmm. that we are going to go through.
1: Yeah. And the researchers that we'll be quoting along the way, they wrote some pretty powerful Super powerful. It's pretty cool. Articles. (laughs) Yeah. Super powerful. Yeah.
0: And it's kind of like, you know, what is your superpower? If you could have a superpower, what would your superpower be?
1: Like in reality or like if I could be like on Marvel or DC Comics or something? Yes. I've always wanted to fly. Fly? Okay. (laughs) Okay.
0: Cool. Cool. What about you? I don't know. I think mine would be to become invisible. (laughs) Because then I could go anywhere and do anything people wouldn't
1: know. Oh, yeah, well, or the shapeshifters. The shapeshifters, yeah. Oh, morphing, yeah. Yeah. That'd be pretty super cool, too.
0: Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. So anyway, I don't know, but that's not going to happen. No. But at least we can, you know, think that.
1: Yeah. So there you go. Well, you know, another something that I've been wanting to do in life, I Mm. am currently... Having my house painted. I'm going to do some painting myself because I've just moved into a new house.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say get a divorce.
1: No, nope, already did that.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: Congratulations,
0: Fine Thanks. By the way. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah, so just got a house, and we're going to be having some retreats and some workshops. And what you said, Mo, was women could come to these retreats to recharge, reflect, renew, and rebuild their own definition of BMI redefined. Yeah, body, mind, image. Yeah.
0: Because we all have our own journey and our own redefining of who we are. I have a friend right now who just found out that she has... A father out there through some DNA testing. I have another friend who has decided that she is going to be getting a divorce because it's healthier for her. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you can relate to that. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty powerful that they're taking their life and recreating something mm-hmm. that will be better for their children and be better for themselves exactly you know you nailed it yeah Yeah. it's so cool it's so cool okay so let's go ahead and get into the uh hidden superpower so the first one is imperfection and this is the classic superpower but in real life pretending to have it tends to backfire (laughs) so instead Those who make mistakes and let others know it are better liked and often more successful. And that is an article by Marina Harris, Ph.D., by the Mm -hmm.
1: way.
0: Do you want to comment on that?
1: Well, I mean, it was kind of like those of us who either are or have been perfectionists at some point in our lives. Like me before the car wreck, total double type A personality perfectionist to the hilt.
0: And, and we would not be friends.
1: No, and I, you, I don't look like that anymore. I no. no, no, no. <laughs> like my, I've got, I've got dishes in my sink right now, and I have a house that needs to be cleaned, and, and it's not. Yeah, it, which is fine. Doesn't bother me really. But I mean, at that point, was I happy? I was stressed out all the time. Right. You right. know, if everything wasn't exactly in place and perfect. I, <laughs> it caused anxiety and stress and all mm-hmm. that and that brought it on myself right nobody else was making me be a perfectionist i brought that on myself and I, and there are people today in this world who bring on perfectionism on themselves and it really i think leads to stress what is the second superpower? number two is
0: generativity we often imagine that putting others before ourselves is a sign of weakness but research suggests it's actually a stealth superpower the most generative people have better long term well being than others. So, Eric Erickson, who first proposed the theory called Opposite of Generativity is Stagnation, okay? And in his model, people who stagnate become more and more self focused, which I do believe. And I, but yeah. I, but I, hold on a second. But then he goes, they, uh, this person, in the article, Susan Krause Whitborn. PhD says, um, that if that people who stagnate become more and more self-focused, spending money on endless home redecoration, expensive vacations, and beauty treatments. Do you want to say something about that?
1: Well, yeah. Hmm. I'm not spending endless money on redecorating my house. I'm just painting it to start with.
0: Right. Exactly. different.
1: So you have to be able to
0: take care of yourself first before you can help others. But it's the stagnant part that when that is put into the mix, that's where it gets
1: dangerous. Right. But what were you going to say? You Well, the oxygen mask on the airplane. Put your own on before you help the other people around you. Exactly. That's the kind of thing that I think Eric Erickson is talking about. Right. And yeah. to care for others because, you know, pass it on. Right. The generativity. Pay it forward. Yeah,
0: pay it forward. Pay it forward. Yeah. The, you know, uh, the generation, the next generation. And if you feel like you are contributing then you're going to be self fulfilled and you're going to be helping others and that's I think the core of this.
1: Well it is. And Eric also Eric Erickson also went into the stages of life, which kind of mirrors Maslow's hierarchy, talking Mm -hmm. about, you know, needing food and shelter and clothing and then all the way up. And he said that stagnation actually kinda hits when we get to a certain point in our lives. Yeah sometimes too. And you really have to watch out for that. Right, but you don't become that stagnant person that we're saying we don't want to be, and that we are still thinking of others. And a lot
0: of that time that do, that does happen is what yeah. we is what people may call their midlife crisis, you oh, know, yeah. in their forties and fifties, and it happens. So, how are you going to get through, and how are you not going to be doing the same old, same old, and how are you going to be contributing to society, and not get caught up in your own things and your own life? Because really getting caught up in your own things you can't take that with you true. when you die
1: <laughs> that's true
0: so what are you doing to contribute and to share and to help
1: yeah that's a that's a question to really reflect yeah, on
0: yeah so routine you want to read Number that next
1: Number three part? is routine. And we're looking at Steve Alexander Jr.'s work on this article where he talks about a routine as actually fostering creativity. And you and I have talked. We've taken personalities we tests. <laughs> we did because we've taken personality tests and we are not routine There's oriented.
0: nothing routine. About us. About us. The only thing routine is like if we have to be, like your job and my job is keeping us in a routine. Right. But if we had our own druthers, we would just be wisping in the wind.
1: Well, but it is. But
0: getting things done. Right.
1: Well, yeah. We and get really, things done. We get things I mean, done. Yeah. Mean, right. Yeah. I mean, exactly. you look at what, what we do or what right. we've done. Right. But I mean, it's interesting because those routines, like right now, we've had to plan this time. hmm. Today, after our jobs, after our tasks, whatever we were doing mm-hmm. to get this production done. Right. Where if we didn't have some routine driving the earlier part of our day, <laughs> what would we be doing this right now? Exactly. Well, exactly. Exactly. We we have put it off to another time. <laughs>
0: right. But we have made our...
1: We committed to this. Right. right.
0: Right. We made ourselves commit to this.
1: So I think I kind of buy into what he's saying, even though, we, like you said, we kind of laughed at first. But right. I think we can say this has some truth to it.
0: And I also think, remember, everything's in moderation, right? hmm If you have a routine that you can't deviate from then that becomes problematic.
1: Well, it can be. Or monotony can set in. Right. But what we kind of defined it as the other day, I was just looking in our notes from our conversation, is we talked about having some type of structure
0: Mm -hmm. in your life. And two recent studies tie both primary routines, hygiene, sleep, and eating, and secondary routines, social activities, and work, to better mental health. And studies of both athletes and non-athletes have found that routines benefit performance by reducing overthinking, which tends to foster stress and pressure.
1: Which we talk about overthinking things all right. the time. But the thing is that if you
0: are not releasing that stress hormone and if you're not releasing all of that negative energy, mm-hmm. what are you doing? It's manifesting itself inside of you right. and you're just rethinking it over and over and over and over again where if you go for a walk or you go for a run or if you just go for you know a walk in the woods or something.
1: You, you know what's a really good way to release that stress? A punching bag? A workout with me. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. We need to do that right Mm -hmm. after this today. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait. This is a segue right into number four, which is persuasion. mm. Would you like to run with that one?
0: I suppose. I guess (laughs) I will now. Vanessa Bones, Ph.D., (laughs) says, We assume we don't have much influence over others, (laughs) even those closest to us. But studies show we are more powerful than we think. And I thought this was really interesting of what she said that, you know, you want to convince... If you want to convince another person to do something, the first thing is to consider how likely they are to agree. And this really shocked me. Strangers are almost equally willing to pitch in. Like, they're almost as equally ready to say yes than close family and friends. Um, I thought that was really interesting.
1: Well, and, and in my mind you we were talking about this the other day, is there's a there's a nuance between persuasion and control or manipulation in my mind. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, persuasion what? isn't persuasion a little bit of manipulation. You're manipulating someone to agree with you, right? True. So yeah. but it can be used for good or evil. Right? <laughs> Right.
1: Yes. So, are you really, the Joker the Riddler or are you Batman? Exactly, <laughs> or are you Robin? Right? Exactly. So, you yeah. know, but this,
0: all this, this whole thing of persuasion really suggests that we do have more influence over a lot of different types of people. And, you know, when you have something to ask or when you have something to say, the people who are seeking that will want to listen to that.
1: That's a good point.
0: Yeah. You know, so that's just something to... Think about uh, satisfaction.
1: All right, so Cinco, Jenny,
0: Jenny, do you know what people who are never ever satisfied? Yes. Oh wow, that was <laughs> okay. So you want to go ahead and read the first part of that satisfaction?
1: Cinco number five, satisfaction. The ability to be happy with who you are, where you are, and what you have is a power that those who are never satisfied may want to emulate.
0: Who, where, and what. Yep. That is so true. And, you know, it's funny because people who are, um, you know, I mean, what, what is success? What's a narrative of, of success? Well those who make a lot of money, those who have a great job, those who have the best car, those who have a huge house. Oh, Mr. Cotter. Yes, go ahead.
1: <laughs> what about being happy or having joy? Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, happiness is an inside job, really. Right? It's exactly. not the material stuff.
0: No. I mean, it's it's a it's an inner directed, you know, contentment.
1: It's a much more eloquent way to say what I just said. Well, I
0: think you can thank Lawrence Samuel PhD for that. But the thing is, is that you know, outer, outer-directed measures of success—they just who
1: cares? Well, when it gets into not comparing ourselves right. to others, which is kind of a, a, a not to bring up fitness again. A gym mm-hmm. kind of mantra is to not compare yourself to the person next to you, right. but to compare yourself to who you were yesterday. And are you right. better today than you were yesterday? And not just from physiological standpoint, but I mean, right. mentally, emotionally, intellectually, are you better than you were yesterday? And, and that's just keep moving ahead. And that level of satisfaction.
0: I loved what you said in the beginning. Nobody knows yourself better than you. Right. You know, right. And I always tell my students, when you are standing up here speaking, no one knows more about the subject than you.
1: That's what I've already I've, what I've always told too. If they're teaching a case or they're doing talking about their project, I said you know more about the company that you research than even I do. Right. As a teacher because you poured yourself into this project. That's right. That's and right And so that gives them confidence.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah, because they know more about it.
0: Okay, nostalgia. Letting our minds wander to the past, wander, oh, letting our minds wander, that's nothing we do. <laughs> Wait, squirrel. there's a bunny. Yeah, yeah I know, yeah. yeah, you're looking out the backyard. And there was a bunny. I know. Letting our minds wander to the past, oh, to the past, oh. can be guilt-inducing, but it shouldn't be. Fond, nostalgic memories can boost our mood and make us feel whole, and this is Matt Johnson, PhD.
1: Right, well, moving, moving on, learning from the past, Yeah. looking to the future, Exactly. And not playing the old tapes. You know, what if you go back and you're thinking about a time of, you know, yesteryear and certain events or experience, whatever, Mm -hmm. and then that hard part or that not-so-happy part comes to mind, and then you're playing what we call playing those tapes for those who know what tapes are. Right,
0: exactly. (laughs) Playing
1: that download, if you will. Exactly. Um, Not letting that hurt those memories. You know, right. Remembering
0: and the good. Exactly. So Matt Johnson says, who we were in the past isn't who we are now. We may think, feel, or act differently today. And as T.S. Eliot says, you are not the same people who left that station or who will arrive at any terminus. You know, you're like a quilt. Your memory stitches together all of these different
1: Ooh, I like that. paths that
0: have happened mm-hmm. in your life.
1: My grandmother used to make quilts. My mother would see the quilts when we would go visit, and it would be, you know, a, a square, some squares from a dress from when she was little, or something that she would remember, you know, a, a tablecloth that my grandmother used to use on Easter or whatever. I mean, it would, and it, these quilts had memories, good memories. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Sweet. That's cool. Okay, so That's number that. seven, which we don't really agree with. Right. It's desire. David Ludden did a great job explaining um, what's meant by this hidden superpower. But do you want to run with this one?
0: Yeah, so few feelings are more guilt-inducing than or as resistible as a crush on someone who's not your partner. But in fact, research shows that outside crushes, as long as they are not acted on, generally have a positive effect on people's primary relationship. And basically... Why do adults have crushes? The researchers who led a recent study suggest two possibilities. First, the feeling of attraction may be hardwired into our sexual identity. Mm. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's how we met our partners. That's how we meet people. We're attracted to them, even if it's like a best friend. You're attracted to them because of their personality. You're attracted to them for what they have to offer, right? Mm. And but sometimes we are attracted to people we know we'll never have a relationship with. So it's a, so he's really talking about not just any attraction, but a sexual attraction. And those who don't act on it are secure in their relationships because they're like, you know what? We're not going to act on this. We are going to Um, just be attracted to them. Well,
1: you could be, people are attracted to like movie stars and TV stars all the time. I think what he's
0: saying is that it could be healthy. Okay. You know, it could be healthy, but I don't know. It's just, it just seems to be a slippery slope. Yeah, it is. Like if, you know, you know, slippery slope. Okay. What's eight? Hope. I like this one. Me too. You want to start with it? Yeah, the power to access the belief that things can get better, no matter the challenge, can quite literally change the world.
1: It can. And Albert Einstein talked about it in a similar way when he talked about imagination. He said, Imagination is everything, it's the preview to life's coming attractions. And you think about having hope and having faith and having things that are not seen but are coming to be. For me personally, the doctors after my car wreck said that I would never walk again. Mm-hmm. But did I give up hope? No. So in that frame of mind, just having having hope. Yeah. You know, that, that something is coming into your future that will be... I don't want to call it an expectation, but something that you're desiring going back to number seven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. In a way. What do you think?
0: We get married.
1: (laughs) We were all hoping.
0: We were all hoping. And then it turned into a miracle.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Miracles do happen. Miracles do happen.
0: It's right here. It happened. It happened to me. You know, when you think that you believe that it's hopeless, you know, and you have no power or no reason to live or no reason to act, and like you can't win or whatever, mm-hmm. hope is is a feeling of, um, you know, of power. Really.
1: Well, we're talking about hidden superpowers, so yeah. And there, I mean, I, uh, there's songs I've listened to: Danny Gokey and a couple others. You know, I guess Mercy Me sings a, a song about somebody who keeps hoping even when the situation seems hopeless and we all know people like that i mean some people say that about me i'm all like miss optimism all the not all the time but a lot of time right (laughs) so yeah i mean kind of depends on what's going on at the time but Mm -hmm. you know having how do you how do you like define truly define hope
0: david feldman points out in his article that people may hear or have heard the expression, hope is not a strategy. And he says, don't believe it. Hope, he says, is a way of thinking that pushes us into action. Mm -hmm. And I think of you and your story when you were in your accident and your arms were severely damaged Mm -hmm. and you had that hope of... Holding your babies again. Right. In your arms. Right. And how are you going to do that if you weren't able to use your arms? And so you did you did what it took to get better so that you could be with your children. Right. And the way you wanted to be.
1: Well, and that's where yeah, exactly. And you could be. Right. But you had to not give up. Right. Right. And that's where some people coming in the picture in your life, and your environment, in your atmosphere, tell you to not follow your dreams or to give up on something. And you just got to turn your mind toward hope and perseverance and realize that you, if you're really feeling called to go for something, to go for it.
0: And who knows you better than you? you. That's right. Okay. Daydreaming number nine. <laughs>
1: Oh look at the pretty cloud. Wait. Yeah. Another bunny. Yeah, there you
0: go. (laughs) Case in point, people, case in point. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, daydreaming, I mean Daydreaming can
0: be helpful. It can be good, right? Yeah. Far from a form of procrastination Ooh. an indulgence in fantasy or a sign of an idle mind daydreaming has been shown to deliver real world benefits by Brendan Kelly MD, PhD do you well, want to talk a little bit about that? I
1: mean you can get into dreaming, having dreams and imagination which is key I mm-hmm. mean it's key to have dreams
0: yeah they help us to think You know, right. creatively
1: when you're working on something and suddenly you're daydreaming But that can have a positive impact.
0: Right. It can have a positive impact. And
1: it can be a little respite from what you're working on. And sometimes you'll come out of it totally clear and ready to pursue whatever you're working on, or an idea for solving a problem like you came up with. Exactly. And
0: the you know, the problem solving and the ability to reach conclusions and everything. I mean, there have been brain scans and studies that have shown this actually happening. So we're not just making this up. And you know, it had previously been thought that the only part of the brain active during daydreams was the default network, which is associated with low-level routine mental activity. However, though, this research shows that executive network, concerned with complex, high-level problem-solving, is also activated when we daydream. So, it's high functioning or low functioning, whatever it is, whatever you need it to be, it's there. For you to use so in a positive way.
1: In a strategic frame of mind, we could schedule daydreaming into our daily schedule. I
0: think. Yes. I mean,
1: I hear like making a point. Sitting
0: appointment. on my bouncy ball.
1: Right. Exactly. Doing um, right. crunches. Yeah. Russian twists. I didn't say that. Um. <laughs> Just
0: a bouncy ball. So,
1: ahead. well, I mean, there's always that. And you and I have talked about this. Make an appointment with yourself every day on your calendar so that you have some time to yourself to plan and, and to figure out life and all that. And maybe this is part of that. Well, well
0: he says that at the, at the very end. We could even benefit from consciously carving out some time. Yeah. Right. And space to allow our mind to wander and see where it takes us. Wow. I'm gonna do that right now.
1: Yeah, I was thinking the same
0: thing. Why don't you go ahead and do number 10?
1: <laughs> well, you While daydream. I
0: daydream. Okay. No, okay, go ahead. Restlessness. Go restlessness. ahead. Restlessness.
1: Okay, so Jetta Jorman is talking about restlessness. So when boredom sets in, staying in one place can be hard on our mental health those with an urge to get out and enjoy new and different experiences may have a distinct advantage mm-hmm. so restlessness is a hidden superpower i think i do agree with that because we, you and i have talked about this we we can get into boredom or monotony at times yeah, when things are too structured right. as number or, or whatever so. or when
0: things are too stressed out when we're so stressed out, we just shut down. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, in experiencing diversity and going to new or different places and engaging in different experiences can improve well-being, and that's what Jutta Jorman says. So, you know, positive emotions were higher on days when people were different places. They, she uses the word mm-hmm. geolocations. Yeah. And so when they were doing things and out there and getting out there, then their emotions, positive emotions were higher. And their experiential diversity was happening, you know, all these new experiences. And we know that, though. We know that if you stay in the house and you stay in front of the TV with a bag of Cheetos and a six-pack of Diet Pepsi, (laughs) right? That's no bueno. That's no good.
1: Right. Well, and do you think the the pandemic led to oh, some yeah, of this? absolutely.
0: <laughs> absolutely. It really limited our ability to go out there and do things. Mm-hmm. Right? Mhm. So,
1: yeah, it's yeah. almost
0: like we're reteaching or relearning reteaching ourselves and relearning how to get out there and how to do things. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, post pandemic. Well yeah. we're still kinda in the pandemic. But, yeah, but you know,
0: but, yeah. But yeah, I thought this was kind of interesting to talk about and to find, you know, yeah. our um you know, hidden, hidden superpowers. superpowers. Yeah, that was really
1: cool. Yeah. Really cool.
0: Top ten hidden superpowers can be very powerful for body, mind and image.
1: Absolutely, no doubt. And so we challenge you. To
0: find your hidden superpower because we all have one, right? Some of us may have to dig a little deeper than others. <laughs> but
1: she's looking at me as she says that, but well, that's okay. No,
0: no, <laughs> no. What was the one that we just did? Uh, daydreaming. I already know what yours is. No, no, no. It's good. It's good. You're not. Uh, you're not always in the clouds. You're pretty, pretty there
1: most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. Well, yeah. We yeah. talked about. And me, too. I can throw myself in there.
0: You know, I mean, I think I think if you're creative, you're going to have many of these hidden superpowers. Yeah. And right. if you're not the creative type, then perhaps it's time to tap into maybe one, just to dip your toe into the water. You know?
1: Yeah. And the, the one, like the routine one, though, that's an interesting one for somebody who doesn't see themselves as flexible or whatever what if you examine your routines your structure in your day Mm -hmm. and figure out what it leads to does it ever lead to a certain level of creativity or more productivity in certain times of your day that you could really investigate that Mm -hmm. and then kind of see well what are some other superpowers yeah that's
0: and and it's all about balance right? right i mean we should all have a little bit of these oh yeah right yeah i mean nothing is you know
1: Nothing is totally nothing's out totally out of reach. No, nothing is totally out of reach. <laughs> nope, nothing. In our next episode of BMI Redefined, we will be discussing
0: the power of positive thinking. Alright. Alrighty. And how that really contributes to your body, your mind, and your image. Everybody, thank you so much for joining yes, us. Thank Aww. you. This has been fun. It has been fun. Do you want to close us out?
1: Yes. Uh, we just thank you for joining us today for BMI Redefined with Jen and Mo. Mo. Yes. Yeah, so you guys have a great, awesome day, awesome week, and we will see you and hear from you next time. Yay. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>
0: If you have enjoyed us and you would like to hear more, please contact us at bmiredefined at gmail.com to schedule a consultation or to make an appointment for us to present at your next company
1: meeting. We lead workshops, lunch and learn, seminars, and we are available as keynote speakers. We tailor our presentation to fit your exact needs.